Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and now powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGate.com. That's TireGate.com. You have to buy tires from somebody, you might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We all believe in the freedom of movement and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, with episode or for episode number 87. Episode number 87. Um, how to begin? Let's start out with some of our advertisers. Let's go in the reverse order. I usually wait until the end. I want to get them squeezed in here in the beginning. Pause. Um, mybookie.com. Go to mybookie.com if you like to bet on games, if you like to play games and other things like that, a sort of online casino. Mybookie.com allows you to bet on games such as the Big Three uh, Championship this weekend in London and the All-Star Game as well. I won't be able to attend that, but uh, my my uh, wishes, best wishes go out to everybody participating in the Big Three Championship. It's been a great season, culminating in a, a historic uh, championship game for the first time in London, for the first time not in the country or the, the United States, uh, first time in Europe uh, at the, the, uh, the great O2 Arena. Uh, so be sure to tune in and check that out if you get a chance or if you desire. Go to mybookie.com. You can bet on the big three as well. Also go to Ghostbed if you're in the in the market for a new mattress or sheets uh, and other other bed bed um, accessories. Uh, go to ghostbed.com. Use promo code Royce with both mybookie and ghostbed.com uh, and receive a bonus uh, with mybookie and a discount with Ghostbed. Um, as well as our our, uh, our first and, and official sponsor, TireGate.com. If you're in the market for tires, go get your tires from TireGate.com. Use promo code FPR for Free People Radio and receive a 25% discount, I believe. Maybe it's 30%. We'll have to double check on that. But either way, go to TireGate.com, use promo code FPR, and get a discount on your tires. You now can order your tires and installers around the country will have those tires shipped to them same day. So tiregit.com is a pretty, a pretty well oiled machine right now and, and makes it easy and convenient for you to buy towers, buy tires and get your tires placed on your vehicle uh, in a timely manner. Well, we're still tracking the situation in Maui. I just saw a video of Joe Biden making it to Maui 13 days after the fact. I think his his visit was a few days ago now, um, but I just recently saw the video of one of his his speeches there on the island where he casually compared or sort of jokingly uh, made made correlation or reference to his own experience uh, with uh, fires or or emergencies or being displaced from his home or whatever the case may be. Anyway, as the story went. In some form or fashion, whatever emergency he experienced, he almost, I think it might have been a fire caused by a power line, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he, he jokingly said that he lost or almost lost his wife, his Corvette, and his cat, which was completely inappropriate um, and shows a continual, uh, a continual uh, example of Joe Biden's uh, cognitive decay. Um, 
And, you know, I don't mean to say that because, you know, Joe Biden was always an asshole, in my opinion. I mean, if you go back and listen to him speak throughout his political career, he was always an asshole. It just takes him a little bit more time to get around to the asshole punchlines that he that he has. And, and, and this punchline was completely inappropriate, completely inconsiderate of the people of Maui and what they faced. And, um, you know, we had we had children that were literally incinerated, children that were burned alive. Uh, in their homes, in their neighborhood, uh, alone, while their parents were still at work in this great tragedy. And uh, with that being said, almost losing your cat doesn't even come fucking close to what the people of Maui have have endured. Um, And I think there's a huge referendum coming in Hawaii. You know, and we don't need to talk about the 2024 election. I I don't mean to politicize the deaths or the tragedy there in Maui, but we live in political times. We live in a tempo. First of all, it's a scam to believe that politics don't have consequences. That that you know that that that's that's kind of one of these three card monties right there to begin with, isn't it? Right? Is this you know certain things we don't want to make political? Certain it, you know it, it, America really started to lose its way when it became bad form to talk about faith and politics in public. Which was sort of this this uh, this unspoken extension of the separation between church and state. It's like, don't talk about the church when it comes to politics, but really it became don't talk about the church or by way of politics because the two are are always uh, you know kind of on this balancing act here in in, in our country, uh, and and we see that you know continue right up until today where it's uncouth to talk about politics or faith in public, religion in public. Country started to lose its way. And now you have this, this, you know, this, uh, this culture where anything that happens, it becomes, you know, bad form to talk about the politics of it too soon. Maui being an example. And I understand it's a great tragedy. We've lost many, many lives, many children. That's unspeakable. I mean, it's just unspeakable what happened really. But, there are people who should be held accountable as well. I mean, if we're really upset about what took place, if we're really, if we're really um, unhappy with the outcome there in Maui, um, then then people then an investigation should be done, and people should be held accountable. And that goes for anything that happens in our country. That goes for anything that happens in the in the world. It's 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 fair. It's reasonable. It's logical to hold investigations, legitimate investigations, and, and for people to be held accountable for their, 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 you know, their lack of competence, their, their uh, negligence, or in some cases, their, their malice. Um, all of that's to be seen and, and to be discovered here in, in, the, in the Maui situation. Now, as we've been tracking the story on, uh, I think it was Monday, on Monday, I talked about uh, the decision not to turn the sirens on, and and I I have re- recently heard um, some of the officials in Maui come out and say we didn't turn the sirens on because the only sirens re- we have in Maui are for tsunami, and and those sirens typically warn people that they need to move to higher ground because obviously Hawaii and Maui is, is an island in the middle of the vast Pacific Ocean, um, and, and a tsunami could, could easily flood the, uh, the coastal, the coastal uh, coastline, 
coastal residences, businesses, and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it, okay, uh, you didn't want to turn the sirens on because the sirens usually signal people to get the high ground when it comes to uh, tsunami. That makes sense. I mean, I, I that jives. <laughs> I mean, every piece of this isn't a conspiracy. I don't want to. I don't want to run down that that street, uh, that alley. Because again, like I said on Monday, I don't think we need the full blown conspiracy to be upset with 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 what's happened here. I don't think we need full blown conspiracy to be upset or or uh, dissatisfied with the way we've been governed across the entire country for many 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 generations. So we certainly don't need a conspiracy here in Maui to be the the straw that breaks the camel's back uh, with with our uh, uh, with our uh, with our being fed up with our elected officials, with the government, uh, with with politics, what have you. But but let's be honest. I mean, what does it say that a small remote place like Hawaii or Maui that is obviously vulnerable to any number of natural disasters because it's in the middle of the fucking Pacific Ocean? Why would Maui not have a fire siren system? I mean, with all the technology, with with the WEF, the World Economic Forum, you know, wanting to make Maui the first uh, fully electric state uh, or place in, 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 the, in the country. Uh, with all of this, this uh, flourishing technological advancement, why would they not have a fire system? Doesn't seem logical to me. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, quite, not quite sure. Um, what 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 to even say about that? There's no fire alarms in Maui. There are no fire alarms in in, in the in the in the town in, uh, in Lahaina. Why? Why is it that fires are so rare in those places in the in, in Hawaii in in Lahaina in Maui? Is it is it that fires are so rare uh, that that a fire system wouldn't be worth it? Wouldn't be a, a worthwhile investment? Well, that 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 sort of brings up more questions. It's like you know, the more rare, the more uh, rare uh, an event is that takes place, the more people have right to question the the overall circumstance of, of that tragedy, of that crisis, of that emergency, of that event. That's just natural. That that's a natural mode of human inquiry. Hmm, this doesn't happen often. Let's investigate. This is this is out of place. This is strange. This is odd. Let's investigate. This is what animals do in the wild. You know, sometimes when they come up to something that they they've never seen before that looks, you know, unique or rare, they'll just run from it. Right? Humans, we have a little bit more of a of a of a of a natural curiosity. We have a little bit more of a, a inquisitive nature to us. So when we run up against things that look out of place or things that don't seem right or things that are odd or, or rare, we tend to want to look into them. And again, okay, you know, you didn't, you didn't turn the sirens on. Obviously, the huge issue here in Hawaii uh, was that protocols and procedure were not well taken care of. 
They were not well spoken for. They were not well executed. However you slice it, um, it's obvious that they were not prepared for what took place, which is very, very odd because much of the promotion, much of the propaganda around advancements in technology, whether it be in Hawaii, uh, Maui, uh, here in Minneapolis, and 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 uh, New York City, and and Los Angeles, and Chicago, and Miami, anywhere in the country, anywhere around the world, much of the promotion and propaganda around the advancement of technology in your um, ex- being expected to accept the the advancement of technology is that it will help situations like this to not occur. That it will help everybody in in, in all manners. That it will it will prevent prevent certain things from from happening. And even you know it, it, again, I just I just want to help put this in a proper perspective for you. You you guys, <laughs> you guys want to bring artificial intelligent robots into mainstream society. You want cars to fly. You want, you know, you want, uh, you know, bullet trains, more bullet trains, and uh, you, you want facial recognition. You want fingerprint, uh, you know, uh, fast food meals. You want all these different things, but you can't even protect the people in Maui from a simple simple fire, if it was a simple fire. And that's why many people have trouble believing that it was a simple fire. Part of, part of the problem is when you go around swinging your dick all across, you know, all across the screen every day about how great technology has become, how, how smart and prepared all you, you Finocchio aristocrats are, people start to take you for your word and go, oh, okay. All right, you're prepared. You know how things work. You got things under control, huh? Okay, great. When a fire breaks out and and you don't, you you can't even coordinate, you don't even have an emergency plan coordinated for fire. I mean, there are only a handful of natural disasters that could even occur in human civilization. You know, you got ice, blizzards, Hail, tornadoes, damaging winds, hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanoes, fires, lightning. I mean, I'm only at nine. I'm still on 10 fingers. And you could add mass shooters in there, right? You could add some human, human, but, but we mean natural disasters. But I mean, even if you wanted to extend it out, to a, a general emergency plan. I mean, there's only a handful of things that could really pop off in human civilization. And fire wasn't one of them. Fire's not high up on the list. There's no, there's no real plan and contingencies around fire. There's not even a fire, there's not even a fire siren system. I mean, and you're talking about Hawaii, right? I mean, you're t- I mean, the history, Pearl Harbor, I mean, they're the only siren system there in Hawaii or in Maui or in Lahaina specifically, the only siren system is for tsunamis. Well, where's the where's the where's the uh, where's the war siren? Where's the kamikaze uh, fighter jets from from Japan are making are making their way to to coastal Hawaii and and take cover? Where's that siren system? What they they what they shut that down? They retired it. 
Why? Why? China, the, the threat the threat of China is still out there in the Pacific Ocean. If, if, if you want to get technical, if you want to get down to brass tech. So, I mean, again, I, I'm just trying to impress upon people as we pro, as we progress through the podcast, what the real impulse of my starting a podcast, questioning these things, being called crazy by any number of authoritative sources that you no longer can argue with. I want you people to understand what the thought process is, what, what, what the thinking is. And I look out at a world where all these aristocratic, metropolitan, omnisexual, Finocchio elites, globalists, want you to believe that they have everything under control, that they have everything under control, everything sorted out, that they have plans and policies and procedures to help make sure that you stay safe and continue to be able to achieve your goals or pursue your goals, the pursuit of happiness. They can't even deal with the simple fire in Maui. And now they want to let cars fly. And don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with the idea that a car, that, that we take traffic, that we take automobile traffic from a two-dimensional, a two-dimensional format to a three-dimensional format. I have no problem with the general concept. I really don't. I don't want I don't want people to start to feel like this is an anti-technology podcast. Am I very cautious of technology? Yes. Am I very cautious uh, in in this sort of culture that all technological advancement is a net positive? Absolutely. Am I anti-technology? No. I'm sitting here on in front of a an 8K camera, you know, uploading onto YouTube, which is almost instantaneous. Although they've become very tyrannical and 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 uh, and, and politicized themselves, obviously. The great Professor Penn had his 50th episode taken down for what reason I couldn't possibly tell you. I invite you all to go listen to the podcast on the audio platform and, and, and help me understand how there's any medical misinformation in it. Um, I mean, I guess this podcast could be medical misinformation. You had a situation there in Lahaina where there was fire and smoke and, and me talking about Lahaina or Maui or, or any of it at all could be categorized under medical medical information, medical misinformation then. I mean, anything that talks about medicine could be deemed as medical misinformation. I mean, it's so arbitrary. My point being, I don't want you to think that I'm anti-technology, but I'm certainly against this, this broad, this widespread culture here in America and in the West and really around the entire world that all advancements in technology are net positive. It's not true. Now back to the 3D car thing because this is this is coming. This has been approved, and many of you don't don't maybe wouldn't know this, but but flying cars has recently been approved, and I have no problem with a car being able to take off from this terrible, terrible, uh, uh, terrible transportation infrastructure that we've built and failed to maintain. Certainly failed to uh, evolve with the the growth of the population here in the country. And especially when you want to let in, uh, you know, three to four million illegal immigrants at the border every year. I mean, you're really going to have problems with things like traffic and, and everything else. I mean, duh. You know, if I just start letting people come live in my house slowly but surely every couple of weeks, every couple of months, 
and I make no no fundamental changes to the overall structure of the life uh, of, of my life, whether it be financially or, or just with logistics space, uh, I'm going to start to have problems. Even more simple than that, if I just start letting people come live in my house without knowing who they are, I'm going to have fucking problems. I mean, you can count on the fact that I'm going to have big fucking problems. So I have no problem with an automobile being able to lift up above traffic and and take off, you know, 20, 30 feet. Now, hey, 20, 30 foot drop is dangerous. And, you know, if you want to trust the technology, you're taking that risk. You know, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's risks to everything, right? Um, there's risk to getting up in the morning and, and, and leaving your house. That, that's certainly true. Um, we put a lot, a lot of faith in, in the advancement of technology. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily like flying in airplanes, although I think they're generally pretty safe. I mean, statistically, it, it shows that. Although there are more things that happen on airplanes than people think. And, and the more and more I meet people who used to fly in airplanes or used to fly airplanes, especially in the military, people who are in the Air Force, the Marines, or, or whatever the case may be, uh, generally those people don't like to be in airplanes. And I always wonder why. I mean, it's, it's always uh, strange to come across guys who used to be in the Marines or the Navy or the, or the Air Force or, or the Army or whatever the case may be and, and spent a lot of time training in, in, in planes or jumping out of planes or, or whatever the case may be uh, and, and are, you know, kind of, kind of uh, scared of, of planes. That's a red flag for me. It's like they know something I don't know. But but just in general, my general intuition around flying is, is very simple at, at a spiritual level. Let me talk about it from a spiritual level because I think it says and speaks to the same issue we're, we're talking about here with the advancement of technology in general. My, my spiritual intuition around flying 700 miles per hour through the, out, uh, uh, through the air is that being in a rush makes you vulnerable. Being in a rush makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable physically, it makes you vulnerable mentally, and it makes you vulnerable spiritually. Now, we love the freedom of movement. We want to protect the freedom of movement. And I would never, I would never propose legislation that would, that would um, impede on your ability to fly wherever you want to fly. But at the same time, just as a general thought, it's my personal belief that being in a rush hinders your spirit, it hinders your mind, and it hinders your body. And we can all kind of tell this, and for those that fly on a daily basis or a weekly basis, fly a lot for, for work, uh, you, you know the toll that it takes on your body. Anytime people, I mean, anytime you fly, it takes a toll on your body. They talk about it taking a toll on your body. Well, why does it take a toll on your body? Is it that you have to be around a bunch of other people and there's germs? Is it, is it that you have to get up early and you, you, you lose sleep and, and so your body's worn down from general fatigue? Or is it the air that's circulating in the airplane with all the other people in there? Is it that the air is not fresh from, from being in this you know circulation system? Whatever the case may be, I, I don't need to know the details. All I know is the simple fact that uh, being in a rush 
makes you vulnerable. We live in a culture that's lost its patience. Patience. It's why people told me when I started the podcast, well, maybe you should do 30 minutes. We're at 30 minutes right now, about more or less. Fast approaching 30 minutes. What am I supposed to rush and talk like this all day so, so that you get your information really quick like they do on a local news because I'm on a time crunch? Vulnerable. <laughs> Vulnerable. Spiritually, mentally, physically. And flying is no different, okay? And that, that, that was my spiritual intuition towards it. And I say it in the context of technology because I think all this technological advancement is, is, is coming from the wrong place spiritually. Really, it is. Much of the technological advancement is, is, not, is, not, truly, is not truly aimed at, at making things better for humanity at least not fundamentally. I mean, in the same people who are pro-Fourth Industrial Revolution, who are all pro-gung-ho technology, these are the same people who have always criticized late capitalism, which, fine by me, yeah, certainly. Tough to keep late capitalism from becoming crony capitalism. We, we have a country that's evidence of that. Um, but, but these are the same people who said, hey, 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 wait a second. White liberal women. Hey, wait a minute. If you're not doing it for the betterment of humanity, then it's not good. If it's just for the money, it's not good. And there's great merit to that, right? There's great, great merit to that. It's not all about the money. Us Christians would agree, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, when we go to make these technological advances, advancements, are we doing it to first seek God and then allowing things to be added unto us? That's a question for everybody out there involved in these things to answer for themselves. I can't, I can't, I can't answer that. You know, I can look at the results and I can go back and infer the motive. Like, for example, um, why why is it now that we want to go to flying cars? It's for the climate, right? It's it's for equity, right? It's so that transgenders can be able to, you know, <laughs> circumvent all of the prejudice and and the oppression that 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 they encounter on an average day on the turnpike across the greater nation. This, this United States of America, right? I mean, all of it, all of it is, is being openly promoted as geared towards uh, a worldview that's anti-God. And it's funny that when you go to the outer limits of the anti-God movement, that they tend to start to seem anti-human as well. Human beings made in the image and likeness of God. So when you're anti-God, you are by definition anti-human from a Christian lens, obviously. But those who don't believe in God at all would say otherwise. Although those who don't believe in God tend to seem as though they don't believe in humanity at all. 
And and that's what the advancement of technology really, really turns into in many, in many cases is a, is a radical self-doubt. And I talked about it the other day on the podcast, this epidemic of self-doubt in the human civilization and in our American culture. So much self-doubt. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, technology has given us great, great things, right? I, w- I was saying the other day that I was having some some trouble, um, some some shortness of breath and stuff like that. And you know, I'll go to the ER in a minute to, to, to make sure that, you know, everything is, is normal. You know, no harm, no foul to me. Doesn't, doesn't really, you know, skin off my back because I love myself. I love myself and I love life and I cherish the, the gift of life. I mean, this is unique. <laughs> I don't think people have enough gratitude for being alive either. Uh, and, and when you mix the lack of gratitude for being alive with this radical self-doubt, you get complete fucking chaos. People who don't know down from up, men from women, chaos, right? So yeah, I mean, I you know I'll go, I'll pop into the ER in a minute if one thing feels off, and I'm hyper hypersensitive to my body and changes in my body. If one thing feels off, I'll pop in there in a heartbeat. Let's double check, let's triple check, let's quadruple check, because I'm meticulous. I'm meticulous in my life. I'm meticulous with with my work. I'm meticulous with the podcast. I'm meticulous on the basketball court. So why wouldn't I be meticulous with my own health? Of course, if something feels out of place, I'm gonna go check. And they have incredible, incredible uh, uh, technology that helps you be able to assure that you're healthy or that you're not dying right there on the spot. EKGs, ectocardiograms, uh, uh, you know, uh, CAT scans. And, you know, the, the, the field of medicine has gotten very, very good at being able to identify problems and in many cases keep people alive. And we don't want to do away with that. I mean, we don't want to get ridiculous here. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, uh, we don't want to deprive people of, of open heart surgery if they need it or kidney transplants or, or, or whatever the case may be. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what is, what, what, what are, the necessary requirements of people's moral compass to engage in the advancement of technology? And that's a rightful question. And anybody who poses that as a juxtaposition uh, uh, to, to say that all technology is bad and we shouldn't use it is lying to you. Oh, Christians want to live in the Stone Age. Christians want to go back to the 1700s. Christians want to go back to the early 1920s. Christian, they're always talking about how we want to go back to this, this place that we can never get back to. So it's kind of this fictitious fairy tale that we're trying to live in. When in all actuality, all the evidence points to the slow decay of our society due to the, the negligent progress, uh, the, the naive progress the arrogant progress of technology. And to go all the way back to the beginning, in Lahaina, in Hawaii, in Maui, in Maui, a place where they are naturally vulnerable to all sorts of 
They're in the middle of the Pacific fucking ocean. I mean, it's a paradise. Make you know, you know. Don't get me wrong. It's a it's a living paradise. Okay. But logistics are a consideration still, especially when it comes to potential disasters, natural disasters. They're a long way from us. I mean, you know, you can't evacuate everybody in Maui with the Coast Guard if, if something was the right. So these are the things that, that you start to look at and go, well, what, what are we doing? For, what are we doing? What are we saying that we're doing? And then what are we actually doing? What, what is going on here? What kind of scam is being run here on us? You want us to believe that you can that you can govern, that you can create safety protocols, that you can oversee flying vehicles. You can't stop a train from derailing in East Palestine still. If you can't stop the trains from derailing, the oldest, you know, the oldest mode of transportation relatively in the industrial, uh, in the American industrial age, you can't even stop trains from derailing. Now we're supposed to trust you with cars. It's part of the reason I don't trust the pl airplanes. And it's not really that I don't trust the airplanes, that, the, you know, they're not safe or whatever the case. I don't trust all the people that must be work that are probably working on them. I don't trust the pilots. Respectfully, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't just get in the car with anybody. I don't let anybody just drive me around. I don't meet complete strangers and get in a car with them. I don't give a fuck where I got to get to. Now, and again, Uber, right? Uber's a little different. You can see how many trips somebody had. and, and You know, the, the more and more somebody's driving, the, the, the more you can assume that they, that they are making it out there on the road. But I have no problem with getting in an Uber and telling a, an Uber driver in a, in a heartbeat, hey, slow the fuck down. I'm not in a rush. I'm the customer. Some people aren't willing to speak on behalf of, of their money uh, and their own life, which is how you've come to live in a country where self-governance is, is in a crisis. And, and you guys accept whatever kind of governance comes from whoever the fuck steps up to the podium. I get it. I get it. I'm the asshole. I'm the crazy one. I will get in an Uber in a minute and tell the Uber driver, slow the fuck down. Use your fucking, use your fucking signal. I want to, and this brings me bring up another point to a, a liberal hellhole that that exists in our country today, the great city of New York City, or the the formerly known as the the great city of of, of New York. Um, I was in New York City for the Big Three, and uh, it's it's a marvel of 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 uh, man's ingenuity, right? You fly in. We flew into LaGuardia. I forgot that LaGuardia has that runway that ends uh, right, right there uh, in the in the harbor, and uh, and we were we were pulling down, coming in a little hot, and everybody's like, and you just feel it on the plane. Everybody's like, oh, oh shit, you know. And then we turn, and 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 uh, that you can you can literally see the harbor there off the back of LaGuardia's uh, LaGuardia's uh, uh, runway, and. Um, when I was flying in, I just, I just thought to myself, man, look at New York City. It's fucking massive. I mean, it's just massive. You know, there's nothing like it. 
And Chicago is the closest thing. You know, Los Angeles is, is a very uh, big city, a lot of people, but spread out and, and uh, not, not, a, not a very vertical city. It's not a real vertical city. I mean, downtown Los Angeles is, 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 it's not tiny, but it's very small compared to Chicago and New York City. Um, but, but New York City dwarfs even Chicago. And it's just massive, 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 massive. And I drove from New York City. I, when I left New York City, I drove leaving New York City. And uh, I remember wondering why nobody in New York City uses their fucking signals. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. I mean, you might, you might think of, listen to this and be listening to this and thinking, what does it have to do with anything? Well, I'm just saying, you know, the advancement of technology, we're going to go to flying cars. People are having trouble using their fucking signals in the cars they're in now. Why? Because they're in a fucking rush to go nowhere. You're in a fucking rush. I mean, you're just, you've allowed, you've allowed the, the international banking cartel. You've allowed the banksters, the, the, the brokers the masters and brokers of the production and consumption of energy to put you in a fucking rat maze. And I understand we all got to live. We all got to survive. But the reality is take some control back over your life, have some self-governance, start to start with your own thoughts, start with your own approach to life. Don't tell me you have to be in a fucking rush because they're in a rush. Don't tell me you have to drive without using your turn signals because everybody else drives without using their fucking turn signals. This is the first diagnostic. This is the first diagnosis of the illness in our society, of the sickness of our society. This is where we're this is where we can see the decay of our and the rot of our society right there. I'm in New York City where there are more people in cars than anywhere in the country in this place is where they don't use their turn signals. And everybody just pretends like it's, like it's normal. I mean, if you want to see how easy it is for an entire culture of, peop culture of people to develop a normalcy that makes no fucking sense, go to New York City and watch how the people drive. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Use your fucking signal, buddy. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? And it's just like, you're going to get, a, you're going to fucking get a fender bender and it's going to take you even more time to get where you were trying to go. Then you're going to be fucking pissed. What, what, I mean, then you're going to be an asshole to the person who you bump into and try and blame them when really you should have just taken your fucking time, but you're letting them rush you. And it's the same reason why you build up this resent and this anxiety and this animosity or this, this animus in your daily life and live under the cloud of shame is really what it is. You're ashamed of yourself. That's where the epidemic of self-doubt is, is rearing its ugly head. People are ashamed that they've given up their self-governance and their freedom and allowed these aristocratic, metropolitan, dumbass elites to, to, to control them. And sure, you're a slave to the money and you're a slave to, to the politics, 
Okay, and you're a slave to a great number of things, but most most of all, first and foremost, you're a slave psychologically. You're a slave psychologically. I want to go on a trip to, you know, I live in Minnesota. I want to go on a trip to, say, Kansas City. I don't fucking know. I want to go run to the airport. What? Fucking ride a horse to fucking Kansas City from from the Twin Cities. Six hours. It'd be fucking beautiful. Uh, I don't think you could ride a horse. Fucking take a bike. I bet there's trails that go all the way down to Kansas City. I'm sure there there isn't. I wouldn't be surprised if there were, but but um, I don't know of them. I, I, I wouldn't do that myself. But taking a drive to Kansas City, six-hour drive, stopping along the way, I drove so much this summer. It was beautiful. I'm so, so happy with the summer that I had because I was driving around the country. So much so that I'm, I'm planning on, or we talked about, me doing a huge, huge walk um, during my Senate, Senate campaign, doing a huge walk from Minnesota to Washington, D.C. I think it would take about 28 days, 28 days to walk all the way from from the Twin Cities to to Washington, D.C. But that sounds like a lot of fun to me. I I don't know. I I think it's just the rejection of 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 being in a rush, the rejection of of the and and let me let me let me. I don't think I can impress upon you enough how this is a real problem. You know, all these millennials and Gen Zers want to go to this cashless society. When you don't have cash, you're fucked. And don't get me wrong, I'm talk I, I just talked about the international banking cartel and 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 yes, fiat currency and currency in general and cash in general has been a, a, a weaponized and a mechanism of the corruption in times past and still you know prevails today. Don't get me wrong. But in order to understand what the proper response should be to the corruption that exists, you have to take your fucking time. Slow down. You just got done at software school. You just got done with with fucking software engineering school, and you're all ready to throw in to a, 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 a cashless society. Why? Why? Why do you want to go to a cashless society so bad? It's convenient. It's convenient. That's that's what it is. But even more so. The establishment has done well to promote itself as the opportunity for young people who are coming out of universities in the tech space. So the expansion of technology, the advancement of technology has always been closely tied to its economic opportunity, which goes back to the first corny, egalitarian, humanist utopia propaganda that all technology is a net positive for the betterment of humanity or the planet or the environment or whatever else they want to sell you. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's still about the same thing. Money. 
money, power, opportunity, upward mobility and social status. I don't know how we've allowed these technocratic elites to convince us that their life's ambitions are way different than all the other capitalists before them. Well, why? Why Why are we going for, by what metric? By what metric are they not, are the Mark Zuckerbergs, are the Jeff Bezos, are the Bill Gates, or, or, or whoever else not showing their ambition to be the same as everybody before them, if not much worse, much greater, because they have a greater uh, reach. It scales greater. The scale of technology is far greater. And they actually show that. I mean, Bill Gates didn't want to just monopolize software industry. No, 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 no. No, he didn't stop there. Now he's buying up all the land in the country. It's not going to stop there. He wants to be in charge of the, the, uh, the, the, the global culture on vaccines. You think he's going to stop there? Now Jeff Bezos wants to go, I don't, I don't know, the moon. I don't know where he's going. I don't know. He's shooting commercial, you know, commercial flights up in space, whatever the fuck they're doing, you know, submarines to the Titanic type shit. I don't, I don't know what these fucking clowns are up to. Doesn't seem natural. Doesn't seem reasonable. Doesn't seem logical. Doesn't seem patient. It doesn't seem patient to me. The whole world is in a rush. We're in a rush. We need to slow the fuck down. We need to slow it on down. Figure, get our, and I'm not saying that we can't act or that we should be afraid to act. But we should have the discipline not to act when we don't have the right answers, when we don't have proper answers. That's my sermon on the mound today. Patience. Slow the fuck down. Just trust me. Nothing you do in a rush is going to give you the result you really want in the end. It's just the, that's just the truth. It's, it's true of all things. It's true. Well, some people get lucky. I mean, you know, okay. There are exceptions to the rule, but I'm pretty, pretty comfortable with telling everybody out there, nothing that you do in a rush is really going to give you the results you want in the end. Nothing you do in a rush. Nothing you do in a rush is worth keeping. Nothing you do in a rush holds any value. Why? Because the human condition, the human existence, and certainly human, human civilization is bound by the production and consumption of energy. The more human energy, the more human time it takes to do something, the more valuable it usually is. Greatest book ever written, in my opinion, besides the Holy Bible. Notwithstanding, that's, that's not really a, a book uh, in, in this consideration. Um, but the greatest novel ever written, War and Peace. 
hands down. It's not even close. War and Peace is the greatest book ever written, and it's not close. It's, it's really not close. 1,100 pages, 1,200 pages. Took, took Leo Tolstoy how long to, to write it? Patience, 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 patience. Great things come with patience. I saw a video of, uh, of a man who was snowboarding, skiing, sorry, he was skiing, and he skied himself into a, a glacier. Uh, and he had, he had, maybe some of you saw this video, but he's, he's skiing and he kind of goes through a, a snow bank and under the snow bank, there's sort of a hole in the ice, this glacier, and he starts to slide down the glacier. And thankfully, his skis got caught and stopped him. Now, I bring this up to say, you're down in a hole, a bottomless pit of ice where the bottom certainly means death and you got to get yourself back to the top. How do you go about that? Can you do it in a rush? Should you rush? Well, it depends. I'm, 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 I'm doing a, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do an intellectual experiment here or a thought experiment with, with you. And we're going to start to do this a lot on Please Call Me Crazy. What does it mean to, to think for yourself? How to think for yourself? What is, the, what is the process of critical thought? If I'm in the glacier, I'm down in the hole, about 20 feet down, let's say. Down, down is maybe 20 meters. I don't know. No way to tell. Don't want to find out. The only sensible and logical thing to do is to get back up. This way means death. This way means I have a chance. Do you go to climb that glacier fast? Or do you take your time and survey, you know, survey the entire, your entire surroundings to try and figure out what's the best course of action? I mean, the, the natural thing to do is to panic. And many people die when they panic. Why? Because when you panic, you're not thinking clear. That's why a lot of cops get themselves caught up in these situations where they wrongfully kill innocent citizens. And there are some citizens who they have to kill because there are plenty of citizens walking around out there who lose their shit, probably from panicking in some form or fashion, spiritually, existentially, panic think to themselves life's not life isn't worth living anymore and they want it they want to do death by you know death by cop suicide by cop that's a real thing like i saw a video of a naked woman running on the freeway shooting a gun at at people who were driving by in traffic just randomly shooting a gun i mean yeah okay the woman's lost her mind should the police wait when they arrive on the scene i mean how many warnings should they give her Naked woman running on the highway has already started to open fire on cars. Should they wait when they pull up on the scene? Or should they put a bullet in their fucking head? You tell me. 
If you're somebody riding along in a car on the freeway and a woman is running naked with her firearm out shooting at oncoming traffic, would you want the police to wait when they arrived on the scene? No, of course you wouldn't. Everybody has this little, this little perfect, what you know, this, this best case scenario, this perfect little scenario in their mind about how these things go down. But life doesn't work like that, which is why everybody would do well to slow down, take a moment, get yourself together, take your fucking time. Don't fuck up. Don't make an unforced error. Don't make an unforced mistake. Slow the fuck down. Take your time. Why I've been able to survive to be 32 years old. Where I come from, I have many friends that didn't make it. And not all of them was because they weren't patient. Not all of it was their fault. I'm not saying that if you are patient, you won't die tragically, unexpectedly. I'm saying if you take your fucking time, you got a better shot. And that's where we are right now in this country. I brought the police into it because all these stories are going to continue to fucking circle the, the mills, right? It's the same fucking set of stories every, but it's this, then it's this, then it's this, then it's this. I mean, it, and then it, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah, there are times when cops roll up to a car, pull it over, suspected to be involved in an armed robbery. And then they pull their fucking gun out real quick and they get up to the car and they question the guy and they make a bad fucking command because you're a fucking rookie. You've never even been on a fucking traffic stop before. And all of a sudden you think you're, you're some fucking hot shot. That's, that's, uh, that's equipped to deal with a high stakes, high pressure situation, like a potential armed robbery suspect. And you want to make your fucking, you can get your fucking name in the paper this week. And, uh, you know, you make some bad command like, you know, please pull out your wallet. Fucking moron. Don't tell me to pull out my fucking wallet. Don't tell me to go get my identification. With, when you have your gun out, you fucking asshole. Don't tell me to get my identification out while you have your gun drawn. Pussy. You're a fucking pussy. No, what you can do is you open the fucking car door. You let you feel free. Take me out of the car or let me step out of the car with my hands showing and feel free to put my hands behind my back while you go into my car and get my license and registration from the place I tell you it's at. That's what you can do, pussy. Don't be in a fucking rush. Are you in a fucking rush? See, that's how I would talk. That could get you shot. Then everybody would say, Royce is wrong. He should have just been polite. I think it's impolite to ask me to, to make a deadly movement when you got your gun drawn, pussy. I'm the angry black guy. I'm the angry militant black guy. Point being is, slow things down. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. Hey, I know. I know the government has a stranglehold on you. The Fed's running a scam. They're taxing you, then they're taxing your taxes. I get it. I get it. I, I understand. Your children are being born into debt. I get it. Inflation is through the roof. Not only is inflation through the roof, black folks, you have this weird 
infatuation with the radical material lifestyle and culture. So the price of Gucci is certainly going to run through the roof, which I don't know why you want to wear Finocchio Italian clothing anyway. This is a no-brand polo. Looks just as good as anything Gucci would ever fucking make. But I understand. I understand the sickness of radical materialism. And so we feel the need to, to get out of that economic so, circumstance. You know, We feel this, this pressing need. And yeah, we can say it's about the essentials. We can say it's about survival, but you and I both know the fucking truth. You and I both know the truth. It's not always about survival. Sometimes it's about vanity. Sometimes it's about pride. Sometimes it's about ego. You and I both know the truth. If you can't can't admit that in front of the white liberals or whoever the fuck you're putting on the act for, then we can't talk because you're not being honest. Sometimes it's about your own image of yourself and how other people see you. There's nothing wrong with being broke. There's nothing wrong with being broke. Why is everybody so ashamed to be broke? You all voted for politicians that are going to make sure you stay broke. You all voted for politicians that are going to ensure that you stay broke, that you don't have $500 cash to put together in an emergency. We voted for it. We've been voting for it for 60 years. And if you don't vote, you're voting for it. Why are you so ashamed? Why, why do you feel so much pressure to, to be broke? Well, I, I don't get it. And now you're going to go rob another black man at gunpoint and potentially shoot him? Sometimes shoot him, kill him? For what? So you can get another, what? at most, you're going to rob some rapper for his diamond chain that may end up not even being real in in the end anyway. Or maybe he's got a little duffel bag full of cash that he carries on him to, to go to and from the casinos and strip clubs that he likes to frequent. I don't fucking know. I mean, we all know what it, what it is, what it could be. You're going to go steal that from him so that you can have a little bit more money. But Amazon's making Amazon is making more millionaires every year than any other company in history. But we want to get caught up in in violent crime. I mean, at some point, it starts to be very clear that the violence is not really about the need for money or survival. The violence is a is a lack of sacred honor, is a is a a lack of a lack of courage. a lack of determination and will, a lack of confidence in yourself to be able to actually come out of your economic circumstance through an honorable means. That's what it starts to show, and it reflects upon you. It reflects upon all of us. All of us black men it reflects upon. When you adhere to the radical materialism to a point where you're willing to kill another black man or anybody, for that matter, to come up in the world, I mean, you're kind of doing exactly what you accused them of doing to you. Two wrongs don't make a right. Your grandma told you that. You thought she was wrong. You thought that was wrong. And you'll talk your way around it and out of it. My point is, I I digress. I digress. I could go into it all day. And that's what's going to make my Senate campaign 
very effective. Can they cheat? Do I win? Do I raise enough money? Is there any righteous money left in the country? I don't know. Maybe from you out there. There's maybe some righteous money left from you out there, the small donors. But we're talking about big corporations that raised $250 fucking million for Raphael Warnock in a runoff. The Democrats raised $250 fucking million for Raphael Warnock in a runoff for control of the Senate. Lawfare or protocracy. Can't talk about the overall destination of my Senate campaign. What I can say is it's going to be very, very effective. Because one aspect of politics is getting elected and and being able to write legislation or or fight against legislation but another part of politics the most important part of politics is what's said in the public square what things are discussed in the public square and with my campaign we're going to get right right to the heart of some of these issues Maybe first and foremost, you black men, let me be an example for you. Let me be an example for you. Let me be your uncle, you young, you young black men out there. Let me be your uncle. Let me be your big brother. For you older black men, let me be an inspiration. You're not going to Africa. You're not going to Africa. You're not going to, you don't want to go to China. You're not going to Europe. You're not leaving the country. So to, to, to watch the country burn, and even more importantly, uh, even more troublesome, to aid, to aid in the destruction of the country benefits you how? How does it benefit you? Now, if you're going to tell me that it benefits you because you're just self-destructive and you want to see the world burn because you have so much hate and resent and animosity in in, in your heart. Well, as me and A.J. Barker said the other day, some people deserve to be in jail. Some people should be in jail. Is that the product of white supremacy? You want to fucking rob a bank? What the, what the fuck do you want to tell? What, what, what do you want me to say? I mean, I'm tired. I mean, and, and I experienced it. And I'm not getting down on the black community, but you deal with your own problems first. You deal with your own problems first, and then you can move on. And I just don't, you know, I, I, what do you want me to say to that? What do you want me to say to that? You tried to take the fast route. You took the gun route, as, as we call it. You know, you want to take the gun route. People lose on the gun route. We all know, you know, hey, hey, if you're from the neighborhood, you know, you, you, you play the game, you win the prizes. Some people make it out, you know. For every one Jay-Z, I guess there's another 200,000 black men that, that didn't become the, the, the rap mogul. Think what there's two million people incarcerated in the United States of America. 
over 50% of them are black, million. So out of that million, let's just say that 100 to 200,000, 20% of you actually did it. Because I'm not going to give them the whole million people are actually guilty. That's, that, that I'm not going to do. Because you got DAs like Fannie Willis that love to throw a Negro in jail to try and, try and uh, you know, excel their career. Oh, they, they, they have no problem with it. Unless it's, a, unless it's political season, right? Unless it's specific to some political agenda, then, then, mind you, they'll let you go for the same crime. It all depends on which way the wind's blowing that day. But for every Jay-Z, um, for every story of a black man that, that did crime and, and, and was fortunate enough to not get caught, fortunate, quote unquote, enough not to get caught and turn their life around and become a productive member of society, for every one story like that, there's 100,000 to 200,000, conservatively, uh, uh, black men that sit in a prison cell. And sure as the day is long, will be institutionalized and have their life, um, have their life experience a, a certain darkness that human beings were not meant to experience naturally. But when you build a culture that's radically materialist, people aren't. People aren't happy. People aren't content with the small things, with the small blessings like, I woke up today, I can take a breath, motherfucker. You're able to breathe. Your lungs are able to take in oxygen and push out carbon dioxide. Some some people's lungs are compromised. They can't even do that right. My grandmother, when she died, she had a lung disease where she had to be on oxygen, supplemental oxygen, all day. Her lungs naturally could not synthesize, uh, produce oxygen properly. And we got people out here who are completely healthy, completely, I mean, relatively, when I say completely healthy, I mean relatively, physically healthy. People who are, you know, pretty physically healthy. And they can't find the gratitude to just have their health. Basic gratitudes. You got children, children that are healthy. Basic gratitudes. Much of it is driven by women. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. You know, women's, women's vision of... Women's vision of their life in America has become completely delusional, right? What they deserve, what they, what they want, what they deserve. First off, they don't even really know what they want. And they'll tell you out of their own mouth that they don't know what they want, but they're so sure how men should behave. They're so sure how men should behave. They're so sure how men should carry themselves. And, and more importantly, how men should act with relation to them. But you can ask them and they'll tell you out of their own mouth, I don't really know what I want. If you don't know what the fuck you want, then how are you going to tell me what to do? I know what I want. 
And I bring that up because a lot of what is driven, uh, a lot of what drives men to be in this sort of chaotic rat race, this, this, this rush, is, is the anxiety, the angst, the, the, the discontentment uh, of women. I know you guys don't like to hear that. Please call me crazy. Call me crazy. But in America, who makes the majority of the purchases? Who makes the majority of the household purchases here in America? Are women. Are women. That's just, I mean, that's, these are the facts. These are the facts. It's like this whole, this whole marriage deal, you know, it's like have a $30,000 wedding. You guys want to go into debt to go, you know, I, I, I had a friend call me the other day and tell me that she went to school with somebody who went $500,000 in debt trying to become a doctor and then a dentist only to end up getting their real estate license. Fucking scam. Fucking scam. You know? I mean, if, if you want to, if you, if you want to, if you want to go in debt, to, to, to have a degree where they brainwash you with Marxist ideology. I don't care if you're going to become a doctor, a dentist, or a lawyer, or a fucking elementary school teacher. The whole thing is, is plagued by Marxism now, the, the higher education. It's a, it's a damn tra- tragedy. It's a Greek tragedy. No pun intended. It's a goddamn Greek tragedy up there in the higher education institutions. You want to go into debt to become a, a shill for the Marxist agenda. If you want to, if you want to go in debt, uh, you know, to, to get married. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? What are we doing? There's people taking out loans and, and you know, going in debt to get married. You're going in debt to get married, to get divorced, and have them take everything, and, and you're still carrying the debt from the wedding? No. And I, and I know, you know, a, a woman's father's, you know, traditionally a woman's father paid for the wedding. How's that going to work? What, 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 what woman's father has? You don't have 500 The average family doesn't have $500 cash. So even take a small tradition like that and you see how people are going to start just not getting married. And people are starting to not get married as much. The marriage rate is down. The marriage rate is down. The divorce rate is up. Radical materialism. Everybody's in a fucking rush. Everybody's in a fucking rush to go nowhere. And it shows. And then all of these aristocratic elites who made it that way come back and they give some primpy, proper overeducated, underintelligent motherfucking answer as to why it should be justified, why it makes sense. You know, Kamala Harris, climate change with the Freudian slip. If we reduce the population, then our children can breathe and drink cleaner air and water. Freudian slip, reduce population. (laughs) 
reduce population, then everything will be better for you. Sickos. Sickos. Slow down. Slow down. Take your time. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Patience is a great virtue. Maybe the most important virtue. Patience. Patience. And, you know, be impatient with certain things, okay? Be impatient with certain things. Like if somebody's standing over you and they unzip their fucking trousers and, 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 and you know, they, they pull out and piss right on the top of your head, yeah, be impatient when it comes to getting out of the way. Be impatient when it comes to slapping the taste out of that motherfucker's mouth. Yeah, there, there, there's some impatience is, is justified. But don't be patient saying that change comes incrementally like gay Obama, okay? That was, you know, Barack gay Obama told you that change comes incrementally. Yeah, when you got a fucking corrupt elite, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a corrupt elite protecting the status quo, I guess change does come pretty fucking slow. Pissing on your head, telling you it's rain. Be impatient with that. Don't, but don't sit there and be patient when they piss on your head and tell, them, tell you it's raining and then you run out of the house and don't use your fucking turn signals and get mad and flip off the car next to you. What kind of scam is that? You're running on yourself. You're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. Not fooling God. You're just fooling yourself. Have some fucking patience. Have some patience. Do we need artificial intelligence robots to 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 you know to write our to 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 write for us? To paint for us? And what are we talking about? What are we doing? We want them to drive all the, all the trucks. And we're going to talk about this more. Maybe I might, I might come back and do an extra episode tomorrow because I really wanted to talk about the farmers and what's going on with the farmers and what's going on with the truckers and what's going on with the contractors. All these union jobs, the DFL, the Democratic Farmer and Laborers Party here, that wants to vote fucking Democrat when they're going to phase you right into unfucking employment. Unemployment. You're on your way to unemployment. You're on your way to, to being obsolete. And you're going to keep voting fucking Democrat? It's coming. It, it, no, it's here. The displacement of the remainder of the American workforce, it's here, ladies and gentlemen. The contractors, the farmers, the truckers, you're under attack. I don't know if you know yet, but I'm going to do my damnedest to go around to the great state of Minnesota, which I'm going to love to do in the fall. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I don't know if any of you have been to the Midwest in the fall, but it's beautiful. 
It's beautiful here in the fall, especially up north, northern Minnesota. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to do my damnedest to come to a theater near you and help explain how the fourth industrial revolution is going to take your job so fast it's going to make your fucking head spin and you already don't have $500 cash in a crisis. You think your union's going to protect you? From what? There'll be nobody to do a deal with. There will be no deal to make. There'll be no deal for your union to make. There'll be no, there'll be no ground for your, your union to stand on if you don't take a stand now. Your union leaders are probably getting a handsome, handsome purse, handsome payoff to not sound the alarm. And there you are, slowly but surely, losing your freedom, losing your sovereignty, losing your opportunity. Losing your opportunity to be your own, your own citizen, your own man, your own person, and govern over yourself by just having a job, a basic job. The unemployment rate is going to shoot through the roof when artificial intelligence... Why would I hire a human being when I can hire a robot that doesn't need food, sleep, or water? And they've convinced you this is a good thing. They've convinced you that you should vote for this. This is what you want. Nay, this is what you need. I'm going to come back tomorrow and talk about the farmers, the truckers, and the, and the, and the contractors. And we're going to get a grasp on, on why these, these unionized workers would continue to vote Democrat. Why the entire Minnesota Democrat Party, the, the power of the Democrat Party, that by the way, only, only won in the governor's race by a couple hundred thousand votes. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, it's not, it's not a small number, but it's not an insurmountable number either. And the power of the Democrat Party here in Minnesota has always been the, the labor's union, the unions. I mean, the teachers' union, we know which way they're going to they're gonna fold. The Marxist-Feminist alliance, they're always going to bend over a barrel and let the Democrat Party use women as a means to justify some crazy-ass political agenda like climate equality. I don't know. But how's that, you know, well, you truckers, what are you guys doing? The independent trucker? You want to be taxed? You want another 100,000 IRS agents looking at your taxes? You independent truckers out there on the road 13 hours a day? Making the country run, make, helping the country run? Couldn't run without you. Yet, it's on its way. It's on its way. And they're not shy about it. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. Might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you get a chance, visit MyBookie.com. Use promo code Royce for a bonus uh, to get you started. 
any betting that you want to do, mybookie.com is the place. Also, go to ghostbed.com if you have any needs, mattress, accessories, betting. Go to ghostbed.com, promo code Royce, and receive 30% off. Maybe it's 20% off. I don't know. Go to Ghostbed. Go to ghostbed.com. Buy your sheets from Ghostbed. You got to fund the patriot economy. We got to fund the alternative economy. We got to fund uh, the, the parallel economy. We have to. We have to start to use our dollars, use our dollars and use our vote in a way that reflects the desires of our, of our citizenship. But first, we have to know what it means to be a citizen. I hope everybody got a chance to watch the Trump and Tucker Carlson special. I hope that Tucker continues to give a platform to people who are really pushing back against the establishment who are really willing to tell the truth. I hope to be able to sit down with Tucker myself in the near future um, as being one of the one of the Senate candidates that really believes in having a country in one of the places that is a state up for grabs in the 2024 election. This, 24 elec- this 2024 election, 24 will be a pivotal moment in American history. Unlike 20, unlike 16, Everything has been sped up now. Everything is, everything is amplified. All the stakes are amplified. People are starting to wake up. People are starting to wake up every day. The people of Maui have now been awakened. The people, people all around the world are starting to wake up to this agenda. And as people start to wake up, the desperation of this establishment and whatever nefarious corrupt plan they have is going to get sped up. The timeline is going gonna, is gonna to speed up. If everybody says no to this, this corruption, there'll be a Hail Mary. But you can't fear the Hail Mary. You have to expect the Hail Mary, right? We, we the people, if we the people understand our power, understand the fundamental the fundamental structure of civilization and any regime anywhere around the world. That's why we call it the free people of the world, the free people of America. If the free people, we the people understand our power and we can expect the Hail Mary, we can be prepared. If we expect the Hail we can prepare ourselves. We don't need to fear it. I mean, take a football game. We got football season coming up. I don't watch the NFL as much anymore. Always going to be a Vikings fan because I'm a Minnesota loyalist. Grew up watching the Vikings. Grew up playing football a little bit. Won't let my son play. I'm not anti-science. I believe the science that's emerged about CTE, dangerous. Probably probably could be said the same for mixed martial arts and, and boxing, although as, as the the science would suggest mixed martial arts is, is probably the least traumatic to the brain out of the three sports. And then it's about how you play the sport as well. I mean, there are certainly boxers who have a lot of their wits about them because of how they went about boxing. Boxing and mixed martial arts are more sports that you can, you can control how you train, you can control how you fight and how much you fight um, and, and, you know, 
how much you fight. Football, not the same. Not, 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 not the case. Especially for those linemen cracking heads every single down. But we got football season coming up, and I just want to refer back to the analogy. When a team is down, down, and, and, and you know, they're, they're seven points back, and they're on their own 20-yard line, they're on their own 10-yard line with no timeouts, and the clock is, is ticking. Do the NFL teams of nowadays ever really look nervous? Generally speaking, do they look nervous to you? Maybe you don't watch football, but I'm, I'm just asking. For those who watch football, who understand the reference, the analogy, do those teams look nervous? No, we all know the Hail Mary's coming. We know it's coming. They could throw a Hail Mary, they could run it, and they could start lateraling it, throwing it all over the field, trying to make some, heat, some, 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 some playground play, as they call it, to, to get to the end zone. And, hey, one out of every thousand times, somebody is successful. Most of the time, they throw a pass up into, into coverage with, with eight people, and the ball gets batted down, game over. That's the position we're in. They got to throw the Hail Mary. They have to throw the Hail Mary now. We, the people, must be prepared. Know the Hail Mary's coming. Don't submit. Don't submit. The difference between the Hail Mary in the football game and the Hail Mary in politics and in our society is the Hail Mary in our society is going to be won or lost around your psychological submission. That's where the Hail Mary, that, that's where the preparation must come. Pandemic coming back around, supposedly. New variant out of dun da 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 Tricky Trudeau's Canada. We're going to talk about that and much more tomorrow as well. I want to talk about the farmers and the truckers and the contractors. And I also want to talk about the potential of another pandemic and what it means. I also want to talk about Trudeau and the, and the prospect of Canada and Mexico as being bordering nations. I've talked about this before, but I want to touch on it again, given that we potentially have a new variant coming down from our brethren to the north. But if we're prepared for the Hail Mary, chances are Hail Marys don't work. Hail Marys don't work. If you're a Catholic, Hail Marys work. Let's say that. Hail Marys are definitely beneficial if you're a Catholic. Hail Mary prayers work. Prayer works. Uh, but Hail Marys on the, on the field of play usually don't work, and they're certainly going to try Hail Mary the more people begin to wake up to the corruption. This has been another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we appreciate your viewership and your listenership today and in the future. Join us again tomorrow night. And on Friday, we will have the great Professor Penn in to talk about the Republican Party and the precinct strategy and why, for some reason, his podcast about the precinct strategy was pulled down from YouTube. So join us again. Stay tuned. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.